your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to uh, Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday. 608-785-7914 is that talk and text line. I should turn that on if you guys want to text me. I'm going to have third district, third congressional district candidate Rebecca Cook on in about 10 minutes. She's running for what we call Ron Kind's district at this point. Ron Kind, obviously, or not obviously, if you're not paying attention, announced that he's not running for re-election. Apparently, he's not running for re-election anywhere. thought maybe uh, he'd run for Senate with one of the 50 candidates running for Senate in Wisconsin to take Ron Johnson's seat, but that hasn't happened. But uh, Rebecca Cook's running against Brad Paff, who's a state senator, just won the state senate seat here a year ago in the La Crosse area, and now he's running for Congress. Probably didn't realize that that door was going to open, maybe. But maybe he did. I think think Paff and Kind worked together, so. And also running in that race is Derek, or Derek, Brett Knutson who's running as a Democrat. And on the flip side, Derek Van Orden's running as a Republican for Ron Kine's seat. And we'll see how that pans out. There's no other Republicans running. I think that's uh, kind of an issue. Be nice to see. Be nice to see other Republicans run for the third congressional. The more the merrier, I, I would say. It, it would be nice to have ranked choice voting as well so that you could vote for who you really wanted to win the race and beyond that. You wouldn't feel guilty that your vote isn't going to count because you voted for the underdog. And then you're, you know, you just, you, you can't make the statement. Because right now, I want to make the statement I'm going to vote for, say, a Green Party candidate. Which means your vote's not going to count. It's going to count, but you just, you just know. Like when Trump and, and Biden are running and you want to, you want to vote for the, the other candidate. It's just not. It's just not going to count. But if we had ranked choice voting, you could vote for that other candidate, and if that candidate doesn't hit a certain percentage of votes, then your vote vote just jumps down to the next candidate, and therefore your vote counts, and you don't have to worry about oh no, the person that if I vote for the person that I want and it doesn't, then they don't even get, and they don't get elected. My vote doesn't count. Well, now I I can vote for the person that I want, and then I can rest assured be rest assured that my vote will count for the next best candidate and you can just keep going down the list so uh, maybe that's something we'll ask Rebecca about I wasn't really on my list but now that I think about it yeah it's kind of interesting uh, Eric from Sparta's calling in let's get him quick before we get out of here Eric go ahead you're on the air yeah I was kind of wondering Rick do you uh, Ricky I mean do you think uh, you're modifying your uh, um, birth certificate yet but another thing I want to say is you feel it slipping away a little bit after you got routed in New Jersey? You think that's doing good for you uber-liberals like Monica Hurkin, Monica Cruz, Mayor Mix, and the rest of these liberals on the cross tribune? Thank you very much, Rick. I'm glad you put this on. Thank you. Okay. Something about birth certificates? What? Always an interesting call. Calls every day. If I, Even if I don't take him, he sits on hold all day. Just just throwing that out there. Uh, Republican Eric's from Sparta. All right, let's let's get, uh, well, I got just a minute yet here. Um, if you want to ask Rebecca Cook some questions, shoot me a text, 608-785-7914. Uh, 
Um, some of the things I wanted to, you know, we can just run through her, her like, what do you want? Her credentials, I guess. So we don't have to do that when she's on. Small business owner in downtown Eau Claire. So she's had to run her business through a pandemic. Like a lot of us, all of us, right? Not a lot of us, everyone. We didn't have to run business, but we had to, you know, go to work and whatnot. Um, she's run a nonprofit that supports women entrepreneurs in the 10 county area around Eau Claire. Uh, I think they give like $2,000 grants out to women in the region. She grew up in a dairy farm. Um, she said she, at, at one point they had to sell their cattle because of the price of milk. So she's got all these things like Brad Path likes to say, ah, I grew up on a farm, grew up on a dairy farm here in Western Wisconsin. He likes to, he likes to tell that. And Derek Van Orden likes to tell that he's a Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL, and he has a hobby farm. So he really, you know, if he wants to really generalize, hey, I have a farm, you could just say it like that, right? Um, but I believe he has a hobby farm, unless he doesn't have a hobby farm anymore, because he did move the prairie to Shane, didn't he? So maybe Derek, Derek Van Orden doesn't. Did he Did he take all his animals? I have to get Derek on and ask him if he brought all his animals to prairie to Shane. Um, so Rebecca Cook kind of checks off. In, in terms of credentials, I kind of like all the things that she checks off. Uh, what she's, you know, where she's coming from and, and running for this seat. Uh, but, you know, what she, what her views are on, on things, we, we'll find out because I, I got a lot of questions. Um, you know, redistricting is one of them. It's kind of interesting, but she's it's kind of out of her hands there. But what will the district look like as somebody that's, you know, a small business owner? How hard is it to run for Congress while still doing your job? Uh, Brad Paff is a senator, so he's kind of doing the same thing and Brett Knudsen doing that as well. Not really sure what Derek Van Orden does for a job. Not sure. Um, you know, what about, uh, PIFA's issue, water issues in the state, um, housing issues, homeless issues, farming is always an issue, right? Uh, Broadband, that's that's broadband seems like an easy one, but we might talk about that as well. I mean, yes, everyone should get broadband. Like, let's figure it out. Uh, healthcare is healthcare is one of the things that I think we've forgotten quite a bit about. We just like Democrats, Democrats control everything, so we don't talk about the you know Affordable Care Act. It's we saved it, and therefore we just it's not an issue anymore. I feel like we I feel like uh, anyone that wants wants to win political office would help try to help fix. The healthcare problem because health insurance costs are, are ridiculous. We're just paying a middleman. Hey, middleman, can I go to the doctor? Will you pay for it? Not until you pay your deductible. Um, all right, let's take a break. Brad, got to do the news. We'll come back with Re- Rebecca Cook running for the third congressional district here. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you got questions for Rebecca Cook, she's running for the third congressional district. Shoot me a text, 608-785-7914. She's, Rebecca, I call it Ron Kynes District. Um, <laughs> it's, it won't be after this after this year, and or yeah. uh, you know, and I, I guess you you know when you when you look at the district, and it might change too. Do you how hard how hard is it to campaign? In a district that you don't, you're not really sure where the district. Do you just stay in the middle? I know in the middle it's going to be third congressional, <laughs> but outside of that, it, it might change. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, I think where I live in Eau Claire, I think is are probably always going to be a part of what the third CDO look like, and I think you know, just kind of continuing to engage with with counties surrounding Eau Claire and and down in La Crosse. I think you know, we've seen a few iterations of the map. Um, from uh, the Republican legislature and also from, uh, you know, Governor Evers. 
So we'll kind of see where, where things shore up here, but have somewhat of an idea of what people are thinking, I think. So, um, you know, but I think for me, you know, no matter where it ends up, just um, listening to folks in that district and, and seeing about um, representing them. I always call it the bicep district because it goes and reaches over and grabs <laughs> UW Stevens Point with, while missing everything in between, which I think is is a little funny. And then it yeah. just goes and just goes and grabs all the UW schools to make it right. uh, to make it. Well, it, the the idea there was to make it safe for a Democrat and then to give the Republicans the districts around it. So, but it's turned into kind of a kind of a heated heated battleground for for both parties, which is which is good. I mm-hmm. think it's good to have. A district that's not safe, but the rest of Wisconsin's congressional districts are pretty safe for Republicans or Democrats. But this one, this is a challenging one. You should have moved to a different district where it would have been safer. <laughs> well, this is my hometown. Um, you know, Eau Claire is where I grew up and, and where I'd love to represent, where I've laid down a lot of roots around here. Um, I've been serving this community. And so, um, you know, I think it's healthy to have a district that looks like this. Um, and I think... Um, it's a healthy exchange of ideas, you know, when you have folks coming from different um, sides of the aisle coming together. Now, you're, I, I gave the credentials before you came on, small business owner mm-hmm. in downtown Eau Claire, so you had to do that yeah. through a pandemic. Uh, you run a nonprofit that supports women, uh, something about $2,000 grants. I think you give you give out grants to, to help women, what, build build businesses? Yeah, so, um, so I've ran a small business in downtown Eau Claire for the last six years, and through a lot of that work, you know, met other women who are like, boy, I'd, I'd really love to start a business or I, you know, I've, you know, always wanted to run my own, you know, my side gig full time. Right. And, you know, had heard from folks like, maybe I'll do that when I retire. And I was like, wow, the energy to be an entrepreneur, like when you retire, I was like, why not do it now? And it's, you know, I think there's that financial fear, that financial risk. Right. Um, and so launched the Red Letter Grant, which um, serves 10 counties throughout western Wisconsin. So we support and empower women entrepreneurs uh, by providing startup capital. So com- that comes in the form of $2,000 grants. So every spring and fall, we award four $2,000 grants to women that want to start their own business. Yeah, so, so, um, yeah, you, yeah, so you, that's you, launched about 23 businesses in this district in the last five years. Oh, nice. You, you, you kind of check off a lot of boxes when you talk about... Uh, okay, small business owner runs a nonprofit. Uh, grew up on a dairy farm, so I don't know when you you know you. I don't know if the, your parents still have a dairy farm or not. But you you are you a Navy SEAL as well? If you were a Navy SEAL, I think you would check off all the boxes. Yeah, right. Um, no, I'm not a Navy SEAL, but my brother was in the Navy. Um, my brother is a Union firefighter down in Madison, um, so I do have a long history of service, uh, military service in my family, but not myself. But learned a lot. A lot from those guys, I think, I feel like growing up and really how to serve your community and showing up for people um, when they need you. So, yeah, my parents, um, they don't milk cows anymore. Like a lot of Wisconsin family farms, uh, we had to sell our cattle just with the the price of milk and and competition with larger dairies. Uh, But my my dad, I feel like, will farm forever. Uh, as I think, if you know a farmer, that's how they are. Um, so he's got beef cattle. We raise uh, Angus beef out on at my folks' farm still. Yeah, I always feel like, it, you know, A, people aren't drinking as much milk, I don't think, anymore. B, the <laughs> price of milk isn't, as, you know, it's so cheap. And and then you can't compete with, I call them like the Walmarts of the dairy farm business. Like you have to, the small businesses have to compete with these giant dairy farms. So it's just not, it's not possible at all. 
Um, I, and, you know, I, I always think, you know, why don't we convert some of these farms into, you know, like organic farms where you have to grow crops and sell crops organically? It's like a totally different business. I don't know if uh, dairy farmers, you know, have the the wherewithal or the know-how, hey, but they, I feel like you already have to grow crops. If you're a dairy farmer, you, you have to feed the, the cows somehow, but maybe you're just buying feed. But I don't know. Is that just we, we haven't solved the farm issue in how many years? And uh, <laughs> but we never hear any ideas either. Yeah, we haven't solved the farm issue, that's for sure. I mean, I think, you you know, you've seen a lot of different farms do different things around, like, agritourism. Uh, people are doing pizza farms, things like that. You know, you've got p- fall pumpkin patches. Um, folks are selling, you know, raising beef cattle additionally and selling their meat, you know, direct to consumer or wholesale to stores. And so I think Farmers are really innovating, but we've really, I feel like, left it up to farmers to kind of figure it out on their own. Um, and so I think that there needs to be, you know, some greater thought and solutions around that. Right. And that's where you come in. You're in Congress. So <laughs> figure it out, Rebecca. Like you, you have. Right. You, well, you got to get there still, right? Yeah. So, well, and then, you know, yeah. touting your ideas on, on what to do to save, as opposed to just saying, hey, we need to come up with solutions. I'm all, I, you know, we need to come up with solutions for healthcare. We need to come up with solutions for homelessness. We need to come up with solutions for, for housing. Get me into Congress mm-hmm. so I can do that. But like, okay, well, you know, pick one. What are the solutions, you know? Sure. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I can tell you that, you know, a lot of the things and, like, the issues that my campaign is really focused on, and, and that's a lot of, I think, the, the kitchen table issues and quality of life issues that are facing folks in this district. I think a lot of things that we saw exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, so, you know, access to affordable quality health care. Um, I, I was talking to you way earlier about um, my mom had a heart attack, for example, this last summer um, in July and had quadruple bypass surgery. And, you know, that was super scary for our whole family. She's quite the matriarch and, you know, came home with like a six-figure hospital bill. And if she hadn't had Medicare, um, you know, to help cover that, um, you know, I don't know what we would have done or what she would have done. And so... Thinking about, like, how our parents, you know, continue to age with dignity in, in our small towns and communities. Um, so, you know, healthcare is right up there. I think um, access, you know, no matter what zip code you live in, what school district you live in, um, to the kind of resources in the classroom that you need as a student. Um, and that kind of comes also to broadband when you look at some of our kiddos were doing their homework in McDonald's parking lots because they didn't have access to the Internet. And I think we really need to treat broadband like rural electrification and go to that last house on that last dirt road whether that's fiber or whether that's satellite um but has we just have to get it done from you know an education perspective like i mentioned but also telehealth um you know we've got a lot of rural communities that are underserved and don't have access to as many providers so telehealth is super important and then from like an economic perspective when you look at you know um when our our storefronts were closed a lot of um you know through 2020 Folks had to, like, hop online and and do a business online, some people, for the first time. And so, you know, providing more access in that way. And I think for me, too, um, you know, attracting the type of companies that we want here in a district like this that have, that are sustainable, um, that, you know, create good-paying jobs and really invest in our communities and don't just kind of come in and come out when it's not uh, profitable. So I think those are some of the main things that I think about when I think about what could we do differently in here here, and what are people struggling with uh, in this district? And it's a lot of just our everyday um, 
you know, parts of our life. We're speaking with Rebecca Cook. She's running for Congress in the 3rd Congressional District, going against uh, Brett Knutson and Brad Paff at this point to try to win the primary. And then beyond that, if if everything, if nothing changes, it will be you would be going against Derek Van Orden as a, the Republican in the in the uh, on the other side of the aisle. Um, when you say quality, what did you say? Access to health care, quality access to health care. How did you phase that? Um, access to like affordable quality health care. Yeah, I was talking about just quality of life issues. Like, what do you want your life to look like? Yeah, because, and you talk about your mom having to go through and she quadruple. I think that's all the druples you can get, like quad. I don't think there's any, there's only four, right? Like there's only ventricles, whatever, the heart. I'm going back to like biology class. Yeah. Um, But when you, and I'm making light of that, but I hope your mom's okay. Um, She is so good. She is a hard, uh, she's a hard country woman, you know? Yeah. She's good. And when I, back. I feel like when Democrats took over the House, Senate and the presidency, they, they forgot about health care. I feel like that's how they got there. And then they just kind of, hey, we the 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 lawsuits against the Affordable Care Act went away. And now we don't have to talk about health care anymore. But, um, you know, people can't afford insurance. Insurance doesn't really do anything for anyone except when you maybe have that heart attack. But everyone's deductible is ridiculously high. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of those. I feel like it's one of those forgotten issues, and and I don't, you know, Republicans. I don't know what their plan is. Democrats, you know, some of them say, you know, Medicare for all. Others just say the Affordable Care Act is fine, but we should tweak it. But I don't see any tweaks happening either. Um, wh- mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on just like the the health insurance and the health care issue? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's frankly just like you mentioned, it's very unaffordable for folks. I think when you look at the prices of prescription drugs and um, and just and the cost of health insurance. And so I think looking at the Affordable Care Act and figuring out ways in which we can uh, make it work for people, make it work for working people. Um, I think it's something that we've seen not function well. Um, so thinking in ways in which we can improve that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of paying CEOs of the health insurance companies millions of dollars so that I can <laughs> I can then pay a deductible and then I can then pay a copay and right. and then also and then you not can pay for your prescription drugs. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then also not be able to go to the other hospital down the road. I have a relationship from the show with mm-hmm. one doctor here and I was like, "Hey, mm-hmm. I want to go ch- I want you to check out my ankle cuz I got an ankle issue." And so I yeah. give him my health insurance information and he's like, "Oh, we don't take that health insurance." I'm like, well, there's yeah. only two hospitals in the town, and not, so well, I got to, you know. That's a little thing that goes on over here in Western Wisconsin. There's a little oligopoly kind of insurances, so that's something that's like that in Eau Claire, too. There's only two. Yeah, so I hear yeah. that. Yeah, just, uh, you know, and how do you figure it out? It's pretty complicated, and, you know, maybe it needs a vast, giant change, but it's just something we're not talking about. Anyway, um, yeah. we're going to continue this conversation. i got a break here, Rebecca. We're talking with Rebecca Cook. She's running for Ron Kind seat in the 3rd Congressional District as a Democrat going against Brett Knudsen and Brad Paff at this point. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I did get some texts. Me and, me and Rebecca Cook are yapping during the break on the phone about health care. I'm just <laughs> going off on her as I get too heated about this stuff. Uh yeah, well, I was telling him about how I have catastrophic health insurance, too, so I get it. Um, yeah. So here's here's a, a text question, Rebecca, and this is like a deep dive, so don't don't bore us oh, to God. death. Don't bore us to death here, but I just, Kevin texted me, so I want to read it. 
Uh, if you're elected, Rebecca, what committees are you the most suited for and which ones are you going to request to sit on if you were in Congress? Do you, have you thought that far ahead? Um, wow, I love um, the confidence in Kevin in really thinking about where I will land in Congress. Um, I would love to sit on like the small business committee. I think I haven't really thought much past that. I'm mostly just focused on you know getting through this campaign, but I think a lot of my past experience lends it well for something like that. Yeah, and you you check the box on uh, you you probably know about farming issues, right? Like there's there's there might be a, a situation there, and uh, yeah. like I said, you you check a lot of a lot of boxes, and then you you could you could point to your brother and say, hey, Navy, I check I kind of check that box. You could always go and ask your brother about issues when it comes to the military, right? Sure. Um, but but when you when you uh, you you have to win a primary, so you have to go against Brad Paff and Brett Knudsen, and mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, beyond, and then beyond that, you have to win the Republic. You have to win against the Republican, who looks like it'll probably be Derek mm-hmm. Van Orden. How difficult mm-hmm. is it to navigate that? First, you gotta you gotta attack Brad Path first, and then you gotta go and attack Derek Van Orden. You gotta cut both of these guys down at the knees before you can win the win win the win the seat. Sure, I, I'm, I and I'm joking. I'm joking a little bit. I don't mean attack, but I just <laughs> I know, I'm trying I was to be. Say, I think you could look at it one approach. Um, I think you know. I think it's about running a campaign that is really true to who I am. I feel like I'm a breath of fresh air. I think for a lot of folks, um, it's like I have roots here and heritage here. You know, but bring a lot of innovative approaches um, to how I connect with people. You know, I. I like I have said, you know, I grew up on a dairy farm here, so I can resonate with folks on on what it's like to have to sell your cattle. Um, you know, I can resonate with folks on what it's like to have to run a small business um, during a global pandemic, which is you know figuring out how to work with your workers, figuring out how to make rent, um, figuring out how you're just going to do business. Period. Sometimes when you have to close your shop altogether and and figure out what to do online, and so it's like I've. I've lived a lot of the same experiences that I think normal folks around this uh, this area have had to figure out too. And um, the work that I've done, you know, with the with the Red Letter Grant has been a lot of grassroots economic development work. So figuring out, you know, how to revitalize some of our main streets, like our forgotten places. And I think to win this campaign, it's about connecting with people all the time, and not just when it's beneficial uh, to earn their vote, uh, but because you actually care about what's happening in communities uh, in this district and in this region. And so, um, you know, I think you saw what happened in Virginia yesterday, for example. Um, People are sick and tired of, of career politicians and want people that they can resonate with and that they know are advocating and, and fighting for them uh, in their in their state and in, in D.C. And so, um, you know, I think it's just important not to pander to people just uh, just to get their vote and um, to be really connecting with folks, um, you know, right at, at, at like at kitchen tables, at diners all over the place. And I think that's the kind of campaign that I aim to run. Uh, one in which gets the word out in a big way, but also one that like knocks the last door on the dirt road, and um, you know that that knocks on apartment buildings on the wrong side of the tracks. You know um, that we talk to everybody. Now, when you announced that you were running, uh, Derek Van Orden put out a statement that says, "Whoever is nominated to run as a Democrat in this race would undoubtedly be just another Pelosi-approved rubber stamp for her her radical agenda." And that was the exact same statement that Derek Van Orden put out when Brad Paff ran. He doesn't even bother to mention your name here. 
Um, how how is your relationship with Nancy Pelosi? Um, I don't have a relationship with Nancy Pelosi. I don't know Nancy Pelosi. Um, I think that's sloppiness on uh, DVO's part about uh, trying to just. I think that's one of the oldest, uh, you know, like part like parts of the playbook. And I think it's a, a tired tactic that Republicans use when they're tired and desperate. Um, yeah, I don't think he knows what's coming for him. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't get to pick on Ron Kind anymore. So Derek Van Orden goes after. The, the, since Democrats control everything, Derek Van Orden can go after Joe Biden. Derek Van Orden can go after the the leader of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and then just try to link you with them. So, yeah, let's expose this linkage uh, between you and Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, Rebecca. Sure. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, I think Derek Van Orden is more concerned with the chaos in D.C. and playing partisan games than he is about, like, real solutions-oriented kind of leadership of, like, what's your actual policy plan? Where do you stand on issues? What do you plan to get done in this district? What kind of office do you plan to run here? Would love to learn more about that. Uh, you know, and I think that as long as there's chaos and, and pushing people um you know, at odds with each other. That's that's the that's the Republican playbook is is creating chaos. At least the extreme rights playbook. Well, I'll tell you this too. We're speaking with Rebecca Cook. She's running for the third congressional district as a Democrat, and she's going against one of her opponents, Brad Paff. So I've had Brad on my show numerous times. And mm-hmm. while you're talking about how Derek Van Orden, you know, is trying to divide, create this divisive kind of negative uh, campaign, Brad Paff is like uber positive. He comes on here. He's like, I got to get. I got it, you know, kind of what this spiel that you just did, knocking on all the doors. Like, we've all heard that, Rebecca. But that's Brad. He's got, <laughs> I got to talk to everyone on both sides of the aisle. It's very positive. It's a very, you know, it's a nice message, Brad. But can you, and you too, Rebecca, that's a nice message. But there's, sure. like, we want to we want to hear specifics, you know. And, and, you know, what are the problems that you see? And how can you, in Congress, solve those problems? Like, a specific things and you talk about broadband, and that's a great one. Like, I think that one's pretty easy. Like, everyone should be able to get the Internet. Pretty simple. How do we do that? <laughs> Maybe a little bit more difficult. I know I live in rural Minnesota, and there's a company in Houston, which is a tiny little town, called Ascentech, and they're laying fiber optic cables right today. Right. They were doing that. Which is, and, yeah, which, like, a lot of fiber. I mean, fiber is, like, the most proven way to get it done, right? It's also the most costly way to get it done. Um, you know, there's also satellite technology. There's a bunch of different ways and combining those things, um, you know, like I know in Wisconsin, like our public service commission, they give out, you know, the PSD grants that help communities uh, to figure that out. But I think we really need to to come together um, on the state level and both on the federal level to actually get it done because there's all these things happening, but like um, kind of like, you know, you know, horizontally from each other in silos, right? Um, so it's like, how do you come together to, to pool those resources to actually get it figured out? Um, is it a is it a matter of incentivizing a company to come to the area and do the work, or is it a matter of of incentivizing people? I don't know. Like, do you have to give? Like, we gave Foxconn a whole bunch of money to come here and you know build TV sure. screens, and then you know I don't I don't I don't think they're building TV screens. I don't even know what they're doing. But we gave them a whole bunch of land and money and and tax breaks and. And they didn't, they didn't get all the tax breaks, but like that, it just doesn't seem like a, a very good deal. So how do you, how do you solve that? I mean, that seems like kind of a weird way to go about it, but we have to incentivize. You talk about incentivizing other, other businesses to come to Wisconsin too, but how do you do that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think for, um, 
especially for like the broadband companies, it's like they're not going to go where it's not profitable. And so, you know, as far as like I'm going to, you know, lay fiber out to X, Y, and Z part of this community, but not pass that because I know I'm not going to make a profit on this. Um, so it's incentivizing from there to go that last mile and lay that extra leg. Um, and so, you know, I think it's it's working with kind of the right providers and incentivizing them to do that. Um, I also think it's like maybe just going in and just getting it done on the federal and state level. And, um, you know, I think we, people get these PSC grants, which kind of help with that. But I think we need to do something on like an even greater scale, if that makes sense. Um I don't know how Sean texted in and I don't, you'll have to, you try to decipher it and I'll, I'll read the text. He says, how about not having to sell the cows or close the business, not Mm. thinking about what to do afterwards, but avoiding the problem altogether. And then he continues, sounds like she is already slamming her opponents. Wow. Same old, same old, same old, same old, same old. Okay. So, So he's mad that you're slamming your opponent, but I don't, I feel like, I don't know who I really slammed, but, um, Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love for us not to even get there in the first place. And, and some of the things that I was talking about when I was talking about family farms were um, things to do while still dairy farming um, to diversify your revenue streams, like having beef cattle, growing your dairy in a bigger way, um, you know, have, having agritourism on your farm. That's all things that support existing like dairy operations. I know a lot of folks that do that kind of stuff. So um, wasn't talking about after, but was talking about during and um, farmers that I've done, seen do a lot of smart things to try to figure out how to make ends meet. So those were ideas that I had given um, as far as what I've been seeing folks do. Yeah. Instead of having, instead of growing like hay to feed the cows, Rebecca, how about we just grow asparagus and then just sell the asparagus to markets around in farmers markets. And then, you know, like that's the transition that I would like to see made because I like asparagus. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you still need to grow hay to feed your cattle, but, uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyways. Um, a thing that, a thing we, we haven't talked about, and it's becoming a problem here in La Crosse, is PFAS, so water, water, and I think oh, down yeah. the road, we're really going to start fighting about water. Is there a PFAS problem where you live in Eau Claire, and, and what are, what is this, what are you guys doing about it, if there is one? Yeah, so there is a PFAS water or a PFAS problem in Eau Claire in our city wells here. Um, I think what's difficult is a lot of communities are just really finding out now that they have a problem with that. And, you know, I think what's hard is there isn't a super clear solution necessarily. Um, you know, there's like reverse osmosis that you can do. Um, and there's carbon that you can, carbon treatments that you can put into the water. Um, but I think a, a big part of it is, is, um, you know, kind of the, like, looking at companies in the first place and, and the way in which they're making their products that PFAS are getting in the water in the first place and polluting water in the first place. So um, so I don't think folks even really have a clear understanding what the most positive, you know, what the easiest solution is because it's not an easy fix and it's not an easy solution. Yeah, um, in the so. cross, in the cross, uh, uh, the French island, it's called, it's where Ronkine lives. You'd right. think Ronkine would be touting this every day. But Ronkine's house is there, and they're they're private. They're on private wells, and the private wells have been contaminated from PFAS because the airport's there and the firefighting foam, and so they're indefinitely on bottled water until they come up mm. with a solution. And they don't want to hook up with the city of La Crosse's water system because then they have to pay the city of La Crosse for water instead of having their private wells. But you know, it just seems like you know, hey, the solution is you know the government comes in and hooks you up to the city's water system. 
and then you know you i don't know it just seems like a, a simple solution but they but they don't want to do that so i don't like how yeah, would how I mean, would you that, approach like, something you like that Claire, like that's in our city wells you know i mean so it's like even connecting up with like the city's water i mean i think that this just has to be something that we're constantly monitoring different communities um and, you know, like the treatments that like the EPA, for example, has said is like these, you know, these carbon activated carbon treatments, reverse osmosis, but there's still not, you know, anything super proven. Do you think this is a, a I mean, this is an issue congressionally and federally because it's happening all over the nation. But the, is it a little bit of a failure on our state government that we haven't solved this issue or at least started to solve this issue, like giving getting getting to the bottom of it? Um, I'm not sure that it's a failure on any one body. I think it's just something that people are becoming, you know, uh, educated and aware of, of right now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the people on French Island here in La Crosse, it's been 11 months since they really had to start going on bottled water. So, I mean, <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, but but I, I feel like down the road, this the, the, the water issue is going to grow and grow. I mean, even with farming and runoff and, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, that that seems like an issue too, but we don't always talk about that. These are, these are kind of the, like the specific things that I would like to see uh, when people are campaigning. Instead of hey, we're going to reach across both ends of the aisle and high five everybody, <laughs> and it'd be great. Well, how about we talk about some of the issues that are affecting all of us, and then really yeah. get to the bottom of how to solve them. For sure. I mean, I get that. I live. I've got a, a house on a polluted lake, um, Tanner Lake, in which is in Dunn County, and. Um, and it's, I mean, it's really frustrating. It impacts, you know, not just like our, the natural environment and like, you know, fishing and, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of fishermen, a lot of hunters, folks like that, obviously in this district, but it, you know, it impacts like the, you know, like fish, if you're a fisherman, um, it impacts tourism. If you've got, you know, a restaurant or a rental property on that lake, I mean, there's a lot of different things that it impacts, not in just the environment, but and maybe it takes that for people to, like, you know, care about it. But um, I think it's definitely something that we're seeing a lot of and from a lot of, like, the the bigger kind of factory farms. And they have got to rethink about in the way in which, um, you know, manure is disposed of. So I think that's a big issue and one of the big causes of a lot of the algae blooms and the water contamination that we're seeing across the district. Um, I got a, I got a text here from Dana. She wants to know if you're going to be, I don't know if you look at, if you deep dive into who's, who's in the house and, and how they, they get the word out there. But Katie Porter is a Democrat, I think in California, she wants to know if you're going to be more like a Katie Porter who's going after, I think like CEOs and big oil and stuff like that. Or if you're going to be, and she says Chuck Schumer, which is a Senator, but (laughs) you know, who would you mirror yourself after anyone that's in Congress? Um, I'm just going to be myself. And I think that, you know, uh, you'll get a chance to see what that's like, I think, throughout this campaign and the way in which I run it and the way in which I engage people. Um, and that'll, I think, speak for itself of, of who I'll be. So I, I don't like to pigeonhole myself with any one person. I just am who I am. All right. And then the last thing, uh, Greg texts in, he, he wants to know your thoughts on the, the Build Back Better bills. So we're doing like dueling infrastructure. I don't know if they're dueling because mm. they're... But, but mm-hmm. one, one is like physical infrastructure. One is social infrastructure. The messaging, I think, from Democrats is pretty horrible because, hey, let's call it a let's make it a 10 year thing. And then we'll 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 call it just a, how many trillion it's costing. And then nobody understands that. And, and no, it's it's 10 years and then it's not 10 years. I don't know. What do you, what do you think of those two bills? And, and how would you approach that if you were in Congress right now Tom, trying to talk about them? Sure. You know, I think they're both pieces of legislation that are ever-changing. When you look at how long it's taken uh, for folks to kind of come to a consensus and, and work together. And I think, 
Um, you know, where I would be at is is trying to work with my colleagues to kind of come up with a common sense solution that I think um, that works for everybody. You know, for things that make actual real changes, like in this district, that specifically help to impact Western Wisconsin, West Central Wisconsin, and making um, communities better here. So I'm for anything that does that. All right, all right, Rebecca. Thanks a lot for joining us, and and um, we'll we'll have you back here in a couple, maybe next month. Cool, fun. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right, that was Rebecca Cook, third congressional district candidate running for Ron Kine's seat right now. Uh, one of three candidates for Democrats, and at least one, I believe Derek Van Orden's the only one running for Republicans, which I'm not a big fan of because I want more people running for office so that they actually have to campaign against somebody. All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Just going to wrap up here. Thanks again to Rebecca Cook for coming on. Let me yell at her. I feel like I was—I wasn't yelling at her, but I was probably loud. I uh, as as I gain more and more experience talking with political candidates about running for office and when they're in office, kind of get sick of the. We're gonna reach across the aisle. We're gonna look at both sides, <laughs> and you kind of have to say that. But but that's that's a very generalized way of of approaching these things. Yes, I want to. I want to hear all the opinions from people on the right, people on the left, people down the middle, people undecided, people decided and maybe hopefully change their decision. But like instead of instead of talking generalizations, like let's hit an issue. PIFAs, how are we going to solve that? <laughs> like go. Housing, how are we going to solve that? Go. Dairy farms being destroyed by big bigger farms. How are you going to solve that? Go. It seems like, and maybe that takes a whole show. Like maybe one show, you just, let's do this on this show. I don't know. Maybe that takes 30 minutes to talk about. Didn't get to minimum wage. I'd like to get her opinion, being a small business owner, on, hey, if we're going to go to like $15 an hour or more or less, should we be addressing minimum wage? Should we be talking about it? Like I'll probably get her back at some point, maybe next month, and and just do do a show on that or get Brad Paff on here to talk about that. It's just one of the things, another one of the things that's totally ignored by Wisconsin state legislature, uh, something that we could be discussing. Healthcare, too. I, I love how we just forgot that healthcare sucks for everybody, except for the people in Congress who have awesome healthcare plans. Um, all right, that's all the time I got. Thanks, everybody, for listening.